Welcome to Interviews. My name is Laurent Autain. I'm a business coach on a quest to crack the entrepreneurship code. So I thought, why not talk to entrepreneurs and ask them the right questions? I make sure to alternate between a male and a female guest every week. I hope their answers will inspire you. This podcast is available on all your favorite platforms. If you enjoy it, there are three ways you can help me make it bigger. One, subscribe. Two, share your favorite episode on social media. Three, buy me a pizza. Blog on my website, laurentnotin.com slash podcast and click on the icon, buy me a pizza. Interviews is brought to you by Social Prize, a marketing and communication agency operating remotely since 2005. Social Prize specializes in digital technologies and communication, web development, e-commerce, remote working, coaching, training, growth hacking. Log on their website, socialprize.me. Hi, thank you for listening. Today, we're back to the UK. My guest is Rob Illiged, the founder and CEO of Social Republic, the global social media agency founded in 2015 as a new way, an alternative to traditional agencies. Hey, Rob, thank you very much for being with me today. No, thank you for having me. So let's start. Tell us a little bit about your journey. No, towards uh, becoming an entrepreneur. <laughs> How long do you have? It's a long journey. <laughs> well, thirty-five <that's> minutes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll be I'll be quick. Um, I just recently had a birthday, and I've gone into that next kind of age bracket. Do you know when you select something? Um, you know, on the website, you know which age are you? And I've kind of gone over the next one, so I definitely feel my age now a little bit <laughs> <laughs> well i'm going over that bracket for my next bracket like the next one two weeks <laughs> oh, okay well, happy birthday for them <laughs> thank you um so yeah i guess my journey started in you know way back when 2006 you know i call them the glory years um i always was fascinated with american culture and um, american movies as a, as a child and I always wanted to study over there or like live the, you know, the life and experience the culture. It's very different to what it was back then. But um, I was quite fortunate in that I got to study at an American university. Um, and it was just when Facebook uh, was just being released by Mark mm. Zuckerberg. Um, you could only access it if you had an American university address. So I became one of the first Britons to, to be able to do so. Um, by the time I got home, it was public and everybody was on it and it almost felt like we'd lost this private network that we had um you know my parents were on it sharing you know cat videos and fake news and <laughs> um it's very different now but almost immediately i saw the opportunity there uh, for businesses and fortunately after i graduated uh, came back and i worked for different brands and because i was the young one and i was passionate about social media um that's kind of the role I went in in terms of marketing. Um, so yeah, I worked for various brands for around about eight years. And I just noticed with agencies, especially in the UK, the US, um, everywhere, I guess, there was a lack of flexibility and transparency. Um, and there was a kind of lack of expertise. There wasn't, didn't really have people who really understood social media campaigns and running them. 
Um, it was just, I guess, the youngest person in the office. They were tasked with that that job. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, he's, he'd it's be surprised. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we need social media. Let's get the youngest person. To. Um, so I, you know, I was kind of fed up with, um, I guess, making people, other people money. Um, you know, I was working very hard and making people driving really nice cars and you know, everything else. And I thought, yeah, I could do this and I could do something different. So um, I kind of, I guess, have you seen the movie, The Pursuit of Happiness? Um, that's mm-hmm. how my my entrepreneurial journey started, I guess. Um, I didn't have a lot of money because I stupidly spent it all traveling and doing other things. And um, I'll be really honest, you know, I, I, I didn't have a, a great deal of money. And um, if I did it again, I'd probably do it differently. Um, so then I made a list of people that I knew. Um, I started with people I didn't know very well and put them at the top and then people I knew very well at the bottom. And I worked my way through this list on the first day because I thought, oh, you know, I have rent to pay. And um, that was my first priority was I didn't even think about eating or anything, which you think about it's the wrong way around. But uh, I just thought, you know, I'll get food somehow. Uh, But paying the rent was kind of like the first priority. Mm. So I knew how much I had to earn in my first month and I, I think on the first day I realized what I'd actually done, you know, left my full-time salaried role. Uh, then it kind of really hit home. I was like, oh, oh, you know, I've got to work hard here. <laughs> um, so yeah, I started going through this list and um, it's at that point when I realized you kind of have to throw your ego and pride out of the window because, um, you, you know, you, you have to speak to people who you may have worked with previously and you have to ask them basically if they, if you can help them. And obviously it involves, you know, money and everything else. And it gets a little bit awkward. Um, but as I worked my way through the list, um, I, yeah, I just had to get rid of my pride and just speak to people I knew very well. Um, it was getting towards the end of the day. Um, I didn't have any clients. And then luckily I, I, I got lucky um, in that the last kind of couple of people on the list um, needed help for their businesses. Mm. And one of them was my old boss, uh, my very first boss. Um, so I was very fortunate. And we still work with them to this day, which is it was amazing. Um, and yeah, it kind of went from there. So the agency was born on that on that very first day. Um, you know, I'm a quite a I'd say stubborn person, so there was no way I wasn't you know getting that first client. Um, yeah, and it's it's evolved from there. Wow. So that's the story of how you set up the agency in one day, yeah. and you got the first client to the same day too. Yeah, and uh, funnily enough. I then realized that I had client, but then I realized I didn't even have a website. So I had like, <laughs> so I was like, okay, I've got this agency. I haven't been thinking about a website. So again, I used my skills um, and my knowledge and I literally spent, you know, the money that I had, I had about $60 to spend on it or something. I bought this theme and I just created it myself and I just got it to a point where it's kind of good enough, I guess. Um, mm. You know, Website, I saw a meme the other day that said, like, websites are never finished. Like, it's so true that they never are. Um, but, yeah, I got it to this point where I thought, okay, this is, you know, good for now, and um, I can send people to this this website. So, yeah, um, I think just using my experience and, and skill set I had at the time. Um, I mean, it wasn't great, but it worked. So what year was that when you launched the, the agency? That was uh, June 2015. All I remember right. it very well. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure you do. Like I yeah. remember very well the day I launched my own. The Lots of um, tins of tuna and 
beans <laughs> toast <laughs> and since then what has happened oh wow a lot um i don't know if it feels like a long time um it's a long time i guess for a, an entrepreneurial business a, a, you know a startup and um, with so many failing within the first three years mm. um it seems to have to me to have happened very quickly but it you know six years within this industry you know it's a long time um so we've obviously grown um uh, we've We've implemented offices um, in three different countries. Uh, we've built our, our staff to just over 500 uh, globally. Um, oh. And we started you know, working with brands that we really care about. And we got to a position where we could say no to, to businesses um, because we want to be, uh, or we are, an ethical agency and an agency that really wants to, to do good and make social media a positive place uh, rather than a negative place. Um, so it's more about, so it's less about, I guess, just selling a pair of sneakers and more about working with organizations like British Red Cross um, who do some good. Um, and the same for staff as well in terms of culture. Um, it, as you know, like hiring staff is, is one of the hardest things I think any business owner can do. Um, mm. It depends which way you want to go. If you want to scale up, then you need staff. Um, and getting that right fit, I would say it probably taken around about five years, six years to do that. Understanding like what you want in a team, what the, you want the culture to be, and ensuring that there's diversity. Um, yeah, everything like that. It, it takes a long, long time. You learn a lot of lessons. You fail, I guess, and then you rebuild and everything else. Um, and then just when you think you got it going well, somebody else will, somebody leaves and then you have to replace them. And it's like never ending. <laughs> Yeah, we're going to talk about the lessons uh, later on. Sure, but I know that you've built the agency using a network of experts, yeah. right? So tell us a bit more about it. How does it work, and why? Why that way? Yeah, sure. So the reason we did it that way was because when I previously worked for brands and we were approached or we went to out to agencies and agencies were pitching, it was very much a case of we were only offered um, who was within those four walls in that office you know times have changed it's very different now but there was never an expert within our particular industry and um, the agency that you might choose um, or selected they probably done a little bit more research than the one that you didn't choose you know they would that was the reason they were going to win um, on the other hand if they did have somebody within that agency that was an expert it usually meant that there was many competing companies um, that they were working on uh, I've seen it firsthand working for agencies as a freelancer um and it i guess it's it's a case of who has the biggest budget gets the you know the big, biggest kind of uh, focus um and it's it's not ethical it's not fair um so that was the main reason to do it to have that you know flexibility and, and transparency as well um we want to build teams around our clients not just kind of giving them who's available so we always bring in um relevant consultants or experts within a particular industry, um, just simply so we can keep that you know, finger on the pulse. Um, some industries move faster than others. So it's really important to, to have the right people involved. Right. That triggers um, another angle that I've never covered. And since you're here, I'm going to ask you the question. I mean, right. there's, a lot, there's a lot of uh, marketing experts out there or so-called marketing experts right and you know i mean i am 
I'm a solopreneur. I'm bombarded with um, uh, LinkedIn posts or emails all the time. Yeah. And so, but every entrepreneurs need marketing. So how as an entrepreneur that is not an expert in marketing, but need uh, some help with marketing or social media, how can you make a good decisions on who to select? Do you mean in terms of who to select as in your staff or who to select as in? Well, as in, is that going with your staff? Internet, well, recruiting internally, yeah. recruiting people, like having your in-house team, or yes. recruiting outside, recruiting an agency, but then, you know, what? how do you select an agency? How do you select an expert? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, so what, we, what we've done, um, I can recommend a book. Um, this process uh, came from a book that I read or I got recommended many years ago. Um, I'm, I'll be honest, I'm not a huge book reader. I prefer mm. movies, I prefer podcasts. Um, I don't read it a ton because I start to read and then I just start thinking about something I can implement and then it just, you know, <laughs> gets ruined. <laughs> um, so this book basically talks about uh, processes and um, how by having processes within your business, it means that somebody can step in when you're not available, if you get sick, if you go on holiday, um, if you're just, you know, you need some time out, whatever it is. Um, by having a process in place, you can have the same um, kind of output and, and standard as you expect. So we do exactly the same thing for recruitment. So whether that's internally or externally. So everybody we hire internally uh, goes through like, it's basically a six stage interview process, which sounds mm. daunting, but it's, it's some of them are minor steps and some of them are, you know, you know more major ones like interviews and um, pitches and that sort of thing. And um, we make sure that anyone external goes through the same recruitment process. And that way um, it's that transparency, I guess, and it's, it's being fair to people so that everybody goes through the same process. So nobody can say, you know, I was treated differently or um, I wasn't given an opportunity. Um, and it also allows us to set that standard. So if they uh, almost like tick all these boxes um, or go through all these processes, we know they're the right person. And the six stages um, within it, um, things might change. So say, for example, if we're working with a video game company, they would need uh, you know, X amount of years of experience within the video game industry or to be able to provide case studies of video game companies that they've worked with. So yeah, it's all about processes. Right. And so you're saying the same, that when it comes to recruiting a digital uh, marketing agency, we should have processes also. Yeah, I definitely think, I think um, we'll notice that if, if we're pitching to a particular brand, the brands that are very, very serious about this and understand what they're doing will have their own process. Mm. Um, so we, um, we started working with um, a big uh, nonprofit in, in America and they, in the six years, well, probably maybe, I'm trying to think how many years this is, 16 years, no, sorry, I'm trying to think, 13 years I've been in the industry. I think it's the best brief I've ever seen. I, I couldn't believe it when I, I saw it. There was so much detail in it. It's really taking the time. And by doing that, it shows that they're serious. And then the agency that are going to pitch to you are going to be serious as well. Um, it really does help. So they had everything in terms of what they were looking for, timelines, what was important for them to see, what they, they didn't really want to see, um, who was involved in the process. Um, 
obviously it saves us a lot of time as well, which which helps. Um, so we can do you know more important things like kind of creative concepts. Um, but yeah, having that process, having that those checklists in place really helps. And then you can just um, replicate it each time and, and tweak it where you need to. Yeah, and be transparent. I mean, you've been talking about transparency uh, several times now, but I yeah. guess um, a potential client has to be transparent as much as he can, right? Yeah, I think um, the funny thing about transparency is around budget. Um, <laughs> we always say, <laughs> what's your budget? And then some brands say, oh, yeah, we don't really have a budget. They do. It, so if you said, okay, um, it's going to cost you $100 or it's going to cost you a million dollars, all of a sudden they have a budget. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it's somewhere in between or closer to the dollar. But um, yeah, I think it's important for when brands are going out to marketing agencies. Yeah, just say, look, you know, or even be honest, yeah, we've allocated um, this much, um, but we don't know how to spend it. Um, just be, yeah, I think honesty is it's important. Yeah, it's, it's funny what you're saying, because I used to work in an advertising agency for four years. And every time my clients were telling me that, you know, they don't have the budget or I can't tell you it's secret. I was like, sure. all right, so it's going to cost you 100000 And suddenly, yeah. <laughs> like you said, <laughs> they were like, oh, no, yeah. it's too expensive. So, yeah, yeah. you have a budget. <laughs> See, death, everyone has a budget. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's, it's important because, especially with, as a social agency, we just focus on social media. And there's certain things uh, or certain techniques, certain platforms we can utilize that would you know, be better placed with their, their budget. So by understanding the budget, we can then you know, really explain to them now what we can provide. Um, if it's a smaller budget, we say, okay, let's um, you know, do the things that are gonna get, the, the, you know, we're gonna achieve what you want to very, very quickly. Um, mm. If it's a bigger budget, then you can test new things. You can utilize different platforms. And um, so, yeah, it's really important to, to understand one day we'll get there, <laughs> one day. <laughs> Let's talk about the, uh, the entrepreneur within you. What does it mean for you today to be an entrepreneur? That's a good question. Um, I didn't really feel like an entrepreneur until maybe a couple of years ago. I did actually join the entrepreneurial um, accelerator program in Manchester. So I guess that was, I guess, when I, I felt like an entrepreneur. Um, it goes back to, I guess, my parents. So my parents um, both had their own businesses. Um, but as a child, you just don't care. You just think, when are we going to have my dinner? You know, when can I go and see my friends? You don't realize until you know, you're my age um, that they were entrepreneurs. And maybe subconsciously, I did experience that because I always remember my dad saying to me, you know, you should have your own business. It's, you know, it's the best thing to do. And I, it was never easy for, for both of them. Um, you, you could see that. Um, yeah, I think only recently I, I really felt like it. Um, I guess that everyone has that kind of imposter syndrome. And um, sorry, something on LinkedIn the other day that said you should, you should never have imposter syndrome, I think. But I, don't, I didn't really understand the post because I think everybody goes through that. Everybody feels like maybe they shouldn't be doing what they're doing. And mm. um, so, yeah, I guess from having uh, parents that were entrepreneurs, um, kind of being pushed to, to have my own business. My older brother has got his own business as well. Um, I guess he, don't feel like an entrepreneur because you don't have time to think about it. Mm. You know, you don't really have time to reflect. And it's something I've tried to implement every year, every day, you know, try and celebrate small successes, small wins, because it's so easy to get wrapped up in, okay, we've won this. And then 
right, what's the next thing? What's the next, who's the next client we're going to win? That sort of thing. And trying to do it with staff now where we, we celebrate small wins all the time. So then, then you do feel like, a, I guess, an entrepreneur because it's easy to just keep working and never stop. And then you get burnout and, you know. So let's talk now about the lessons because you mentioned at the beginning of our conversation that you learn many lessons. You talk about failures too. So what are the key lessons that you have learned? I think the main lesson is I'm not, I'm not like a, a lot of these influencers or LinkedIn people, mainly Americans. Like I'm sure they won't mind saying, hopefully not, hopefully won't get any abuse, but Americans are very much, um, failing is a great thing. Mm. You know, failing is amazing. I think in Britain, we're a little bit more reserved. We kind of, we're a bit shy and we don't want to fail and, and that sort of thing. I don't, I never set out to, I would never set out to fail. Um, I just think you should learn from those lessons if you, if you don't achieve something that you want to. Um, I don't, I'm not a huge believer in massively celebrating it. I think I'm, again, maybe it's a British thing. I'm just kind of, I think to myself, okay, we've learned from that. Um, let's move on sort of thing. Uh, let's, yeah, keep going. Um, so definitely learning from lessons you've made. Um, I'm not trying to take things too seriously, I guess. Um, enjoy what you're doing. Mm. Um, so if you enjoy your job, then a lot of people say that it doesn't feel like you're working. And I think that's really, really important. Um, and staff as well. If you want to scale up, um, if you want to employ people, um, you might get it wrong the first time. If you get it right the first time, um, then wonderful. You know, that's amazing. Um, and not to take things personally, because, you know, everybody ultimately uh, needs to protect themselves and look after themselves. So if they decide they want a career change or they, they move on for, for more money or, or another benefit, never to take things personally. It's not personal. It's just people looking out for themselves. And that's absolutely fine. So yeah, enjoy it. Absolutely. I like what you said about enjoying it, having fun. Because we, yeah. as entrepreneurs, it's so easy to forget that. One, one of my, my guests on a, on a podcast said that we often forget to enjoy the journey yeah. rather than the, because we're so focused on the destination. Yeah. Uh, and you, that's what you were talking about, like taking the time to reflect, celebrating the small uh, uh, victories. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm going to plug a little bit here. It's, it's nothing that's to do with me. Um, it's the um, Entrepreneur Accelerator, um, mm. which is, is funded by NatWest. Um, we were on that program for a couple of years. And one of the, the coaches there, she said to me, what do you actually enjoy doing? And we worked out a percentage of what I actually did within the business um, and what I actually wanted to do as an entrepreneur. You know, and you could see the difference, you know, straight away, you know, this is what I'm doing. I'm doing, you know, 50% of this and 25% of this. What do I actually want to do? And by doing that, making that change, whether that means bringing someone in or hiring, you know, someone who's external um, or a freelancer, it really does make your life a lot, a lot easier um, and a lot more enjoyable. Um, I love the feeling that we get now when we work with say nonprofits um, and it's something as a business we decided um, at the end of last year, we, we would focus on it's a, a non-profit agency. Um, so yeah, that, that feeling of, of making a difference. Mm. So rather than just selling a pair of sneakers, um, it might be helping someone plant a tree or providing aid um, to another country. 
Nice. Where do you want to take your business now? Um, to Mars, not to the moon. <laughs> <laughs> I heard Mars is good this time of year. Yeah, <laughs> it's already taken. <laughs> oh yeah, pro- yeah, probably. That wouldn't surprise me. Um, I would like us to continue growing uh, globally. Um, we're building um, a platform. What we find is as you grow as an agency, you obviously incur more costs, more overheads, which means you have to charge more. And then to do that, you have to work with big, bigger businesses, bigger brands. Um, obviously, working with bigger brands has its benefits because you have generally or usually you know, larger budgets and it gives you a lot more opportunity to be creative, which is, which is great. But then as an agency, we're then not able to help entrepreneurs and startups and you know, people really enjoy seeing businesses grow and it's been difficult um, you know, having to say no to, to businesses. So we're building a platform that will um, allow businesses, uh, startups, entrepreneurs to create their own campaigns um, without the cost of an agency. So we basically take our understanding of algorithms and we allow anybody to use the, the platform um, yeah, to ultimately create their own campaigns and, and not have to go to an agency. And then once they grow, they can then obviously uh, build bigger budgets and then approach agencies. Uh, so that's the, that's the plan. Oh, wow. That sounds interesting for someone like me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we're starting with LinkedIn. Uh, to begin with, uh, we're currently testing. Uh, we're almost ready to release the, the first um, version. Um, it's going to be great. Um, so, yeah, it'll hold people's hands. So the idea, if, if somebody doesn't have a, somebody doesn't know how to use a social network or, or doesn't have the time to understand algorithms and what creates a great piece of content, um, the platform will do that for you. Amazing. I mean, oh, yeah. <laughs> I can definitely picture myself there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what would you have done differently? Ooh, Let me question. give you a hint. You talk about something at the beginning of the conversation. When you started your business, <laughs> when you were broke. Had, had money. Uh, yeah. Um, had a plan. I, I'm a big believer in uh, kind of having no regrets. I'm a big um, big believer in fate and that everything happens for a reason um, because it's been such a, a crazy journey and I've learned a lot and I've, grow, I've you know grown personally uh, and professionally I, I don't think I would actually change anything I know it sounds crazy because if I could I'd be a super billionaire but I don't think that would make me happy um, I when I first started the company obviously everybody wants feels like they want to be rich and 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 you know, do everything and, you know, have billions of pounds or dollars, whatever that may be. But I think as I've gone through the journey, um, that kind of priority has changed. I think being happy and comfortable uh, takes over that, that um, the dream of having Lamborghinis and yachts. <laughs> you know, that's sort of thing. What did you become an entrepreneur? You realise, <laughs> you know, it's going to take a very, very long time. Mm. Um, but yeah, just being, I think being happy is more important. Um, yeah, but... That said, you know, if I had, if I was going to recommend it to anyone, um, any advice I'd give people is try and have as much of a strategy and a plan in place. It will just make things a whole lot easier. Um, if you don't, you'll still get through it. It just takes a lot longer. Um, it's like that. Obviously, people can't see this, um, but it's like uh, that image where it's the 
the journey of an entrepreneur and everybody thinks it's like a, a you know a beginning to the end kind of race you know on a flat mm. surface where it's not um the real journey is going going down a hill up a hill you know having to climb over something swim underneath and um then you finally get to what you think is the end um so yeah just to realize uh, that it's not the end <laughs> yeah just to realize it's not the end. <laughs> so yeah um having a plan in place and obviously if you save money um you know it has its benefits um, money just gives you options yes options in terms of um how you want to set up your business how you want to market it um if you want to bring in staff so yeah preparation is pretty key um unfortunately i didn't have that but, but i feel um i've got but you still it made it somehow yeah I, I still made it out of out of that and i think you know having your own business is not for everyone it is really really hard um it takes a, a certain type of person i would say and, and you know a lot of people try it and, and realize it's not for them so i think anybody who does it is you know should be praised um it's it's very difficult it's very easy to have a full-time job and have a you know a salary coming in every week and every month um so to go out and then you know have to make that money yourself and provide for yourself on or whoever else and um, can be very difficult what have you learned about yourself I'd say I'm definitely stubborn, <laughs> very stubborn. <laughs> but I would, I'll, um, I'd say that everyone who is an entrepreneur has to be stubborn in some way. You have to be, or you have to be resilient at least. Um, I would say that um, I've definitely grown as a person. Um, you know, maybe at the beginning, you, know, you kind of take things personally, and you know, as you start to grow and for a few years you realize you know it is just business and um it's important to to separate the, the two um and i think i've learned what is important to me so again working for nonprofits and, and helping charities and, and doing something that's different um or creates positive change is very very important to me is that what you're the most proud of today yeah this is something i struggle with because I don't feel proud of anything. Um, I just feel like it's a part of the journey, if that mm. makes sense. Um, it's, I find it very difficult to feel proud. Um, maybe the only time that I feel proud is um, if I see staff developing. Um, you know, personally, I don't have any children. I just have a dog. <laughs> he doesn't develop much. He just barks a bit louder. Um, but when it, I don't see them as staff as my children, but I see them as, um, you know, somebody I'm responsible for. Um, and to see them develop, is great and just to see them them happy and just to give them um be able to give them a benefit or um, yeah just to to see them grow i think is important to me nice so we've been talking for 30 minutes you're a social media marketer and we have not been talking about social media marketing great <laughs> it's nice <laughs> it's nice if you had to summarize well compile all your experience into one recommendation to entrepreneurs what would it be having a plan like <laughs> i don't want to steal anything from nike but um i'm trying to reword it go out there and do whatever you want to do mm. and if it doesn't work it doesn't work somebody one of the coaches i had as an entrepreneur um, a few years ago she said to me what is the worst that can happen? And I kind of follow that mantra now, like 
obviously as long as it's not illegal or anything or you're not hurting someone you know what is the worst that can happen um obviously you have to be a little bit careful in some situations um making sure you can pay your rent is, mm. is always important um but yeah to go out there and do it and um, experience it if it's something you want to do it's something that makes you happy then there's no reason there's no reason not to my uh, podcast is called interviews cracking the entrepreneurship code so have you cracked the code <laughs> no definitely not <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was that was clear <laughs> no um you learn every day is a school day um as they say i think um i feel like it's one that i can never crack i don't know i don't know what the i don't know because if i sold my business you know now or in five years maybe in five years um would i feel like i've achieved everything i could have done did I, do i feel like I've, i did everything right is there anything else that i could have learned probably so i imagine i don't think i, I think there's many keys definitely there's many keys to that code um and the journey is just collecting them and just collecting mm -hmm. more keys and kind of unlocking it as much as you can i guess uh, i guess everybody's different you know that fulfillment of entrepreneurial journey some people might feel like they have cracked it and they sell the business and think i'm out of here um whereas others might think you know i could have done things differently or whatever it's there it's a continual lesson i think all right very nice last <laughs> question how can people contact you i prefer and um, for me uh, linkedin um oh. you know linkedin is my go-to social network so rob illich um ceo of social republic um yeah i think linkedin is is by far my favorite um so if everyone wants to contact me there obviously you can go to the website the social public website which is social-republic.co.uk excellent thank you very much rob for your time today no no thank you thank you for having me and thank you all for listening before you leave don't forget to subscribe to my podcast so you never miss an episode see you next time bye bye